All right, good to see you, good to be. What up? It's uh, Dilly D, a.k.a. the Milky Bar Kid, here for another episode of Grounded. Uh, today we're joined by Mr. Rockman, a.k.a. the Don, a.k.a. the most hated and most loved at the same time. How are we feeling this day, mate? What's good with it? I didn't know I was the most hated. Since when? Uh, I thought that was part of your brand. Uh, people, uh, you know, the <laughs> men hate to hate and love to hate that, you. That's very and true. That's similarly very true. with women as well. Nah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I've been studying some of your lyrics, man. I'm trying to keep, you know, trying to keep nah, with it enough. That was spot on. That was a spot on intro. Killer. All right. So, you know, before we get really down to it, good way to get grounded is to acknowledge the sacred ground that we are on. Tens and tens, if, if not hundreds of thousands of years, people have been chilling here. So I'd just like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land, the Rwandji people, and here as well, the, the Bunurang people of the Kulin Nation. So pay respects to elders, past, present, and emerging. And just acknowledge that, uh, you know, it's good, to, uh, it's good to have some level of awareness with history if we want to continue forward and share our own stories. So here we are. Um, God, there's so many reasons why I could have you on this podcast in the first place. But um, I think a, a cool place to start with is how uh, one of the first times that I met you was, hopefully you remember this, but you recorded my first single ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that your first single? That was my first single, man. Break Off. Goes hard, bro. I appreciate that, but I think uh, part of the... Part of the beauty behind that was, you know, I picked you to help record and kind of like guide that session because I knew that you'd be the kind of person that would push more out of that's me dope. than yeah. I would necessarily push out of myself. No, nah, that's sick. It's smart, bro. It's smart to hit someone up who like you feel like could help your craft more, man. Like, it makes sense, you know. I'm glad I could help you, bro. Yeah, well, you really did. Like, uh, you know, you, you pushed more and there was more like creative sprinklings that came out of that and I remember like there were some takes where it's you know it's very hard to find uh, you know a producer or, or engineer who knows that you can do another better take who's willing to be the person who's devil's advocate and is like you could probably do better than what you just did yeah 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 I'm very much uh, do a perfectionist I guess you'd call it bro like um to the point where it's kind of like can be a bit not that helpful to be honest but like mm. yeah like especially when I was younger I would do like so many takes trying to get the perfect take yeah and I think there's something to it but also I feel like it doesn't exist at the same time so it's like I think sure. I'm more efficient the way I work these days and uh, accepting like when something is good enough because that's as, as good as you're ever going to get is good enough you know and I think we strive for this perfection sometimes and at the end of the day, it's not even worth it. It's not even worth the time to get perfect because mm. good enough is good enough. And people sometimes, for the most part, I'd argue, prefer good enough. Yeah, well... Uh, people don't like someone who's too much of a tryhard and trying to be the best ever with no flaws. They're, yeah, they're fucking yeah. annoying, you know? Let's be honest. And completely unrelatable. Yeah, it's like, we get it. You're, real, you're a nerd. You spend mm. every single waking moment of your life trying to perfect this craft, which is great. But when was the last time you looked at a pussy? I'm talking about... <laughs> yeah. And for often... You know what I mean? For often, it's, it's quite a long time for them. And then that <laughs> means that they're disenchanted and out of touch with the real world. And I'm speaking from experience, all right? I'm not discluding myself, excluding myself, rather, from that 
conversation because that was me right. for a while, just trying to be the best, the fastest, most technical rapper. But at the end of the day, it's like, when was the last time I got laid? Yeah. You know, like this morning, you got to focus, balance. Everything in life is balance. It all comes back to balance. You, you got to focus on the other important things in life, like looking after your physical health, mm. looking after every, every aspect of your life. Being the best at one thing is cool, but honestly, you can take it too far and just lose your mind, bro. Where do you think that um, that drive for perfectionism comes from in a lot of creatives? Probably insecurity, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, right. uh, man, trying to like prove something to people. And I think I'm starting to grow out of that, you know? It's like, why do I want to keep proving to people that I'm the best at something? It just comes across like, again, it comes back to try hard. It's mm. like, why do I keep trying to get validation off people? I think it comes from a place of not liking myself as a child and not feeling like, feeling like this is the only way I can get attention is to impress people. Yeah, it's like you never grow out of being the class clown or something like hey, that. Hey, hey. Yeah. Which Eric had a bar like that in the battle. Yeah, I swear I'm, not, I'm sorry I'm not biting, but uh, which yeah. Which was fucking good. It was good. It was actually, the, there's certain lines that opponents say sometimes, you're like, hey, that's kind of truth, bro. And he had a bar where it's like, it's like one part of you is class clown, the other part's like, you want to hide? I'm like, oh, mm. shit. How does this guy know me, bro? That is big up Eric, he, uh, he did a good job. Yeah, well, I think uh, touching on that, so, you know, it's been a big couple of months for you, Ruckman. You know, you've, you've released Congruence, your big album this year, with like, which is really collab heavy, but also um, gives a lot of fresh flavors and insights and perspectives from you, like a bit of a change up in maybe mindset and approach. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, before we get into the album, um, you know, in the past couple of months, you've had two battles. So do you want to talk me through a little bit how you got back into the battle scene and prepping for those? Yeah, sure. Um, I saw Greeley put up a post. He wanted to do a battle in, uh, in Melbourne. And Greeley's always doing good things, man. If Greeley's on board with something, I want to be on board with it. Hey. So I wasn't doing anything. I was in a very fucking... I was in a rut, bro. And I was like... Appreciate the honesty. I need to come back. I need... I need to do something. And I was like... I haven't done a battle in forever. It'd been like seven years or something. Hey. And I didn't think I'd come back to battle, battle in, but I realized battle rap's kind of coming back a little bit. Honestly, there was a, there was a, there was a moment there for a bit where I was like... Everyone was looking at battle like, this is the corniest shit ever. Why did we ever do this? Mm. But now it's coming back hard, bro, and it's actually dope to do it again. It's funny that. Because so. do you feel like, you know, 10 years ago, it, it was actually almost the height of Australian, like, rap and scene was, was the battle? It seemed a lot of rich and seemed like that's where a lot of people and crowds were, were flocking, like, 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, around 2000 and... Yeah, around 2008, like, 9 yeah. to... 2012-ish, 13, and I don't know, after then it kind of, I think it kind of dropped off, maybe I'm wrong, but listen, man, I haven't, I was never, th I mean, I, I have done a lot of battles, but I've, I like to feel like I'm never that invested in the battle scene. Uh-huh, yeah. But to some degree I was. I wasn't going to all the battle events and shit, but I, I just enjoyed battling and... Right, you cared enough. I, stay, I started battling when I was 17, won a few tournaments... I only got into battling because I was used. To, I used to like on my earlier records. I used to rap about being the killer MC and how I kill anyone on the stage, mm. and I could destroy you in a battle. And I had a friend <laughs> yeah. of mine who's just like, "You haven't even done a battle, bro. <laughs> yeah. Can you actually do that?" And I was like, "Oh, you're right." Hey. So it was just kind of to prove it to myself, 
And then, um, yeah, I hadn't done a battle in a while and Greeley was doing a battle in Melbourne. I said, I just messaged him and said, check your DM, bro. And then he said, I want to put you on the headline fucking battle in Chazza. And I actually, I heard of Chazza's name, but I didn't know the dude. I was like, is that the, like, the, the English guy who does the reacts? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, let's do it. Sounds like a dope battle. And I think it was a really good battle and shout outs to Greeley. I appreciate him making that happen because I really needed it, bro. And it was kind of the kick in the ass that I needed and it was a good push to help me promote the album. Yeah, right. So, yeah. That's Just, how it started. Like, because uh, I can only imagine the, the, the ability to be able to psych yourself up and, like, prepare yourself for a battle must be, like invigorating nerve-wracking i mean there must be so much crazy energy around that so maybe that is the perfect especially after i hadn't done it in so yeah. long i was like can i even do this anymore right like again my savagery has changed bro like i used to be a beast my older ba younger battles i was a fucking animal man i was a savage oh you could argue i was even better back then but um i'm different now i'm a bit more mature which is also cool and i also feel like the crowd is more on my side now back then the, yeah. a lot of the crowd wasn't feeling me Probably because I was coming with a lot of them shock bars and yeah. maybe I was a bit too try-hard trying to get lyrical, miracle, spiritual, individual with it instead of just being funny, you know, or like mm. clever. So um, with that said, I, I, like my older battles are still really dope as well and I have, I've considered biting old bars from old battles and shit. Well, yeah, I mean, who's, I mean maybe some people would dig, dig You're back You're allowed to bite your own out, shit, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my opinion. The only person you can bite is yourself. Amen. Um, and um, what was I talking about? So, yeah, yeah, no, psyching myself up for it. Um, it was cool, bro. It was really good. It's a really good feeling to get back into that battle mode. Mm. It's dope, man. I really enjoy it. But uh, a lot, since I hadn't done it in a while, it was like a little bit of nerves. And also, like, I've been really sick over the last year and a bit, bro. Like, just bad respiratory issues. I don't know what the fuck it is. Probably, right. the, probably the vaccine. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is. Hey, some of those boosters are different. It's either COVID different. or the vaccine <laughs> yeah. or all the drugs I've been taking yeah. or fucking who knows, bro. But It's either legitimate or illegitimate drugs. Just coughing up, coughing my lungs up all the time. And That's just rough, man. Dealing just... with this sickness while I'm trying to do this battle was difficult as well, but... So did you clear some of that up before you actually got into the battle? I mean, that's a lot to fucking... No, on my launch, man, like I was showing my friend my bag. This bag was full of like literally like so much medication because I was so sick Shit. you can ask T I was really sick on that night and I, I, yeah. ba I bailed on the show I had before which was supporting like Swifty from D12 yeah because right. I was just sick man I've just had this sickness for a fucking a while bro Ugh. I don't know what it is man like I actually don't really understand it but like just not feeling well for the last year and a bit bro maybe it's something in my apartment mold I don't fucking know but but my show I was really sick you're right. And the battle, I was fucking coughing heaps, but you know, you just power through it, man. Well, you uh, you looked pretty strong on both fronts. I was there. worried about when I was battling that I'd start coughing, going into a coughing fit, because I would have coughing fits at home, bro. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that would be the nightmare, because I mean, that's just so much cannon fodder. It's, it's just so much ammunition. It's one thing choking; it's another <laughs> thing when you're literally choking and you're coughing, you know. But no, it's all good. We did what I did, what I had to do, and I think uh, I was looking, I was watching a little bit of that Chazza battle the other day, and I was like. It was pretty dope, but, you know, it wasn't my dopest battle. The, okay. one, with, the one with Eric, I think, is harder, you know, because it's hey. like I'm building that muscle again, man. Every battle, you get a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, give us the, uh, 
the kind of the, the the difference between the two battles and your feeling in those two battles? Like, what were some of the key things that were different between them? I'm not peeking, am I, bro? I just turned it down a little. Okay. Uh, what are the differences between the battles? Like, in terms of uh, how you felt in those moments, comparing the two, Shazarin, Eric, Divine. I think I felt a, like maybe a little tiny bit more confident with Eric. Is that because it was more known, your it opponent? Wasn't, it wasn't or? before I stepped on stage. It was when I step on stage. It's always the case. It's always like, right. I've been doing this forever. And I don't really, I'm not, I don't have like regular nerves because I'm so used to it. Yeah. But there's still a part of me that's like, before anything, it's like, are these bars funny enough? Ah, uh, right. It, was that what you're going for? You're looking to more like uh, have the crowd laughing than ooing kind of thing? Well, Is that the response? Well, these bars dope enough. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, right. Either one. Like, I, I like to do a bit of both. Funny and clever and lyrical. And I think you can do all of them together. But, yeah. But um, I always just doubt myself a second before. And then when I get on stage, it's all good. It's like the nerves disappear. And the funny thing is, like... I'm more comfortable on stage than I am in real life, bro. Mm. So it's just one of them things now where it's like, where, how did this happen? Because so much of my life, it's kind of weird that I even got into performing because I've had such bad social anxiety. No shit. And I decided to try and choose a career where I'm on stage and I entertain people. But now it's just like second nature. It's like, Is there anything you have to do mentally to prepare? Or is it the kind of thing where you've just... No, nah, uh, it's like it all just comes to me when I get on stage. It's just natural habitat for you now. It is. It's like it, 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 everything's fine as soon as I step on that stage. But beforehand, I'm a little bit like, oh, fuck. Mm. But not as much anymore. It's all pretty chill. I'm very good at hiding it. I've got a very good poker face. What, um, have, do you still suffer from a little bit from the social anxiety? Or is that something you've been slowly chipping at over time? Yeah, a little bit. Like, it's still there. It, like, kind of never leaves. But it's like... Again, I'm so good at poker face. No one would even... No one would even know that I'm an introvert. Until uh, I tell them, like... I'm like... I grew up, like, an introvert. Lightly autistic, probably. Like, couldn't yeah. talk to people. Socially retarded, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Take that out if you need to. No, we'll keep it in. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, I've had to learn how to be social with people and, like... And uh, be comfortable... And, but I think a lot of it comes down to insecurity, bro. Like, yeah. be, I think social anxiety comes down to not being secure with yourself, not liking yourself, and yeah. just feeling uncomfortable with who you are. It, it reflects in social settings. Yeah, it projects subconsciously. Yeah. And I think what's happening there is um, it's, you know, there's this kind of Jungian idea of the, your shadow self. And when people repress, you know, their. The, the, these elements that are uncomfortable or unwanted, then they kind of manifest in other ways. But I think, you know, for, for me, what you kind of represent is this embodiment or embracing or expression of the shadow instead of trying to like hide it away and ignore it. It's like, no, this is some kind of real truths that I, I'm kind of like wrestling with and sharing with. And often what happens with some of your music is like you're saying the thing that so many other people want to say but won't say in a public setting. Probably. Like I feel like the older you get, you just get more comfortable with who you are. And I think it's just a matter of just not caring as much. I don't think it's even a matter of like you still I still got the, the self hate deep in me, but like Yeah. But it's like 
you just learn to deal with it better. It's like, well, who cares? Everyone's got it. No one cares right. about you. You're just like, you care less about what people think about you. You care less about trying to get validation for people. And as a result, you just come across more comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you just kind of, it's easier. It's easier. Social situations are easier. You don't have the anxiety so much and you just deal with things better when you're not in your head all the time, bro. A lot of it comes to being in your head. Right. And in your much. head being like, you know, not going out and socializing enough or, or not in a way. Almost too much self-awareness. I think self-awareness yeah. is important. But I think it's like when you're too self-aware of every single thing you're doing, yeah. you, can, you can overthink situations and psych yourself out. Is there, is there any is there any like practice or exercise or thing that you have done in the past that has rapping, bro? Like that's, that's, that's that's literally it. Like right. Well, that, talk us through how that kind of like helps. And you know, obviously, for people who don't rap or whatever, it might not be an exercise that you would partake in. But I think it's interesting to know, kind of maybe how that works. I very much believe in if you're afraid to do something, you should throw yourself yeah. into that world and Hard. and do it. Face fears. Face your fears. So if you've got to face, if you've got a fear of uh, social situations and public speaking, then you stand up in front of a lot of people and start speaking. And mm. it's only natural that you'll get better at it because it's like once you, once you do it, you realize it's not that bad. A lot of it's this fear that you build up in your head. You, you make it this giant right. thing that it, it, it isn't. It's not a big deal. And you, and you realize like when you... Your flaws are fine. Everyone's got their flaws. Everyone stuffs up. Yeah. And when you make mistakes, it's not only is it does it not matter, but also it's sometimes it makes situations better. It's cool. And it's cool to roll with the mistakes. Yeah. And, and it makes you a more interesting person by embracing your flaws and rolling with it and not trying to always, again, it comes back to that perfection, trying to always present yourself in this perfect way. Sometimes it's better to just be more authentic and just roll with the roll with the flaws and the punches and um, yeah, yeah. embrace them in a way, bro. Yeah, I think uh, embracing that natural flow of, of the moment and being able to check your mental image of what could be, what you think it is with actual reality is uh, so fucking powerful because... But yeah, it's, it's never as bad as you make yeah. it out in your head to be. That's, that's a big thing I realize. Right. We and make up so much shit in our head. Our, like, yeah. our brain is so powerful, bro. Like we can, mm. we can cause rashes and shit, like illnesses and diseases with our heads, bro. And cure them at the same time. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. So stress yeah. is the biggest killer in people, bro. And it's like, that's what anxiety is. It's this stress that you're going to fail. But like, my advice is fail. Fail in front of everyone and then realize it's not that bad and you get comfortable with failing and people like you when you get comfortable with failing because life is just fucking up and failing right well i mean bringing it back to like uh tying it back with a bit of the battle rap i mean how important is experiencing a loss um, like what does that what does that mean it's very important yeah it's like it's essential to growth bro but also like I don't know why my brain went somewhere else talking about overthinking. How are you going to know if this stops recording? This is why you got to have an assistant, bro. Oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ruckman should be doing the own podcast. Well, I'm was a recording initially. Yeah, I know. Well, looks like I'm going to put a pretty cool visual in the meantime. <laughs> Moving right along. So, yeah, how important is it the loss 
of a rap battle. It's important, bro. It's like, well, it's a part of life, man. You just got to accept it. And uh, yeah, like, again, you can only grow from those losses, bro. It's a cliche, but it's true. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think we're raised to embrace the, the, le- the learning from loss? Or is that something that we have to kind of figure out on our own in a way? Um, I think some people are and some people aren't. Okay. I think um, some people deal with it better because they've been taught to deal with it better mm. or they go through that experience earlier, earlier in life and some people are terrible with it and they never learn. Some people never learn and they just... They can't handle the idea of loss and failure so they never really try or take risks. Right. And it's, it's so limiting in the, in, the, in the human experience to not... You know, your shit probably left hit the hit the limit. Well, I took I took off the um, I took off the timer on the screen lock, and it should have tons of space. How much if, how much footage do you think we lost? Maybe ten. I mean, I assume that it was recording when um, it was recording that, and then when I turned around, zero budget podcast. <laughs> this is it. You need to get an assistant, bro. I know. Well, you know. If anyone out there wants to be an assistant on the Ground with Dilly Dave podcast... But hey, you have to have, coming back to the conversation, you have to have these failures... Right. ...to learn and grow. Live in front of everybody. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, some people learn, bro. I think I've I had to, like, learn later in life as well, like, to not try and... It's just this whole idea that I've always felt like I've been trying to impress all these people, and it's like, why? Are they they're fucking... Mm. Most of these people are fucking losers why do I care about impressing me yeah I guess there's only so many people that are truly important enough in your life that hey, who am I trying really to care? impress yeah you yeah, know what I mean? yeah 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 exactly hopefully mainly only yourself in a small way you know yeah well these days I kind of just like um, I don't know who I'm trying to impress these days women bro yeah and like and, and that's not like on some sim shit like I'm just trying to but I'm trying to like I think I realize everything I do since since I was a kid is to attract women. Yeah, I mean that's and I the think most that's kind of what every male does. Well, it's the most natural of things, and it manifests in so many different ways. It's an absolute universal experience, and it might have been why I started rapping, honestly, bro. Yeah, but a cool byproduct is: can you imagine if you weren't able to explore your psyche through writing? Can you imagine if you didn't do that? Yeah, totally, bro. I would um. I do wonder about that. I would probably be a very, very angry person. Yeah, way more destructive. Probably be in, I might be in jail or something, to be honest, man. Like, I just, I've got right. such anger in me. And if I didn't write down this shit, it's like, as soon as I put down, put out music, it's like a weight off my shoulders, bro. It's right. like all the pain goes, man. It's like, it's, it, it's the ultimate form of therapy. And I don't, mm. I've been to therapists before, but I don't really see therapists at all. Yeah. Writing raps is my therapy, bro. So you're saying the releasing of it actually actually relieves the burden, or is or is the process a lot? Sometimes of it even too? writing it down is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But releasing it feels like I've put it down in words, the pain, or the whatever, the adversity and the the, the suffering, and yeah. put it out to the world, and it feels like it's it's a weight off my shoulders. I put down the anger or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. And it helps me a lot, bro. So even somebody who doesn't rap or whatever can take that anger and put it on a page and there can be something 
out yeah, of that exercise. I think writing is right? very helpful, bro. If you're a very angry person, yeah. write down all your thoughts before you act out. Yeah. Because being um, being uh, reactive is never a good idea and it will always get you in trouble. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's, it's very rare situations where being reactive is smart. Sit with, your, sit with your thoughts, be stoic, try not to overreact in situations. Be calm and don't let your emotions control you, bro. Be in control of your emotions. Right. And That's some advice I can give you. And uh, what does that look like in terms of being in control of your don't emotions? Let ang- don't let anger make you be physical. Right. Don't, don't, don't let really sad situations make you, make, let you make irrational decisions mm. or some emotional situations make you make irrational decisions right. that can put you in trouble, you know? Right. So this you need a bit of, bit of foresight involved in that. Stoicism, bro. Stoicism, yeah. teaches the art of like being in control of your emotions because they will control you and you shouldn't let anything control you, man. Hey. You should be in control. Well said. Are there, um, can, you, can you remember any moments of real um, shadow or some you know, time when you've really fallen and how you've kind of recovered or come out of that? Uh, if you feel like sharing. Like, what do you mean? Like times I've been like at my lowest? Yeah, I guess coming out of a low point. Bro, I just went through the most traumatic situation with this fucking... I'm not going to say the most traumatic, because come on, there's fucking people that are... There's a war going on right now. But for you? It was a pretty traumatic situation with this surgery I went through. Right. Where they bodged the surgery, and it's one of the most painful surgeries you can go through. They put a metal bar in your chest to lift your chest out. I've never been in that... Like, I've broken a lot of bones in my life. I broke my femur bone when I was nine years old. I've gone through a lot of pain, physical pain. Yeah. But this was the worst thing I've ever experienced, bro. And I just remember lying in bed. My mum had to come all the way from Sydney to look after me because I didn't really... I had one girl, but she... I didn't really have anyone to, like... I could expect to, like, look after me. My mum's like, yeah. I'm going to come look after you because I, I was completely... I wasn't independent at all, bro. I, yeah. could, I couldn't even get off the couch. I needed help lying down. I needed help getting up. It was, yeah. it was ridiculous, bro. And it was a surgery for this thing called pectus excavatum, which you look it up. If people have it, like, talk, hit me up and I'll talk to you about the process and if it's really worth going through the surgery. Because I went through it. I'll tell you right now, it's, it wasn't worth it for me. They weren't able to fix my chest and I was left with a bunch of scars. And Jesus. Just this traumatic shit, bro. And I've still got, like, numbness and nerve damage in my chest and shit. Yeah. And they fucked up my whole shit. But, like, it was the most painful shit I've ever been through, bro. But I want to tell this story because this is some real stoicism, bro. And people me, can think what they want about this. Let them hear it. But my, I realize my mom is the ultimate G, bro. And I realize like I'm probably like a bit stoic because of her. She was probably the manly one in my family, like more so than my old boy even. But like, I was in bed. I don't cry much, bro. It's just like, but I I didn't know what to do in this situation. I was lying down. Pain was shooting through my body. The kind of pain where, like, it's hard to describe this pain. It's like I couldn't see. All I saw was colors, bro. Mm. All I saw was colors. And, and I, I just started crying. I didn't know what to do because I remember in my head thinking, oh, fuck, I've ruined my life. Mm. Not only is my chest even worse now, it's fucked up. 
I got to go through another surgery. I can't move. I'm in the most pain ever. I fucked it. Um, and I kind of just cried for a second because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And my mum comes in. She gives me my pain medication. And she just goes, stop. And then just walks out. Hard. But what a check. Fucking hell. <laughs> my own mother saw her fucking son crying in pain. It's her own son crying. And walks up and says, stop. What a fucking OG. <laughs> totally, totally. And I yeah. did, I stopped. Like, that's what I needed to hear. I didn't, like, what does it help me crying, you know? Because otherwise you were surrendering to, like, this... That's what I remember. That's what yeah. I thought, like, geez, my mum is the toughest bitch ever, bro. Do you remember... And I needed to hear that because it's like... Yeah, yeah fucking, you'll be fine. And I was fine. I got through it, bro. Went back to surgery, got the metal bar around my chest. And it's all good. I'm alive. I'm 6'5". I'm... I'm built like a gladiator. What, what am I complaining about? People mm. are, have real problems. People are in fucking getting bombed right now. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You overcome your chest getting bombed. And my mum's went through a lot of shit. So she's just like, stop. Right. And she was right. And I fucking she can, stopped. She can see the, um, the other side of this. She can see the out. Yeah. All, she knows is, all she knows is strength, bro. Hey. And she, I guess she taught that to us. Or taught that to me at least. Oh, I sort of, I guess... Um, What's the word? I mean, later in life, I learned to be more stoic. When I was younger, Hindsight. I was... Yeah. When I was younger, I was a very emotional kid. Super emotional. Right, right. And you weren't able to instantly recognize your mum's behavior and how she dealt with the world. Yeah, probably. Exactly, yeah. bro. Yeah. I mean, I, who the fuck knows, bro? Like, I don't know why I was so emotional. Maybe my mum was the reason as well, but like, I don't fucking know. It's too many, too many answers, too many... Not enough right. questions. And, and we're not, you know, what's the point in looking at anyone or anything to blame whatever circumstance on, right? Yeah, I think I was just a sensitive kid and I think that's a reason why I fucking write a lot of, like, emotional bars, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But later in life, it's learning the art of stoicism and not being reactive and not letting my emotions control me, being in control of my emotions. Because uh, life is, life isn't easy, man, and you can't, we're emotional creatures, but at the same time, we've, we've got to balance that with being calm, collected, and stoic to get us through everyday life because it's not easy. Anything can happen at any moment. And yeah. As the Buddhists say, life is suffering. Yeah. There's a fundamental dissatisfaction to existence. I think that's fucking absolutely true. And those people who, in their mindset, think that happiness is a thing to continuously strive for, uh, I think are a little misguided because the true satisfaction and richness in life comes from generally you're overcoming anything that's somewhat hard or as you said before you know facing fears if there's resistance that you have inside yourself for something but you still face it you know whether you feel like you lose it in that moment or not the fact that you like have a have a head that's strong enough to face it in the first place means that you know you're you're going to continuously be stepping forward and you know not staying these uh these blackout periods where you don't even know who you are or where you are. Yeah, but that's just like what I think right now. I, you know, you and I could be completely wrong as well. You know what I mean? Like, that's the yeah. thing. Well, I like, thought the like, camera was recording, so, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I can sometimes be completely wrong. These are just, <laughs> these are just philosophies and principles I live by right yeah. now in my life. Yeah, well, that's why I'm talking might, to you, because I'm interested. I might find a different way as I grow, you know? Like, right. It's... um. It's whatever helps you during that time, bro. 
All right, shifting gears a little bit. What, uh, Do you want to check the camera again? <laughs> before we shift those fucking gears. Looks good to me. It'll, it'll be all out of focus and everything. Well, it should be autofocus on these kind of things. This fucking guy. This fucking guy. Yeah, the real reason why I had Ruckman on the podcast was to really undermine my credibility as a producer on podcasters. You're going to so grow from this. going to grow. That's it. It's a feel, I'm feeling it. So uh, what, when it comes to getting up in the day, what really excites you? What's, uh, what are some of the highlight moments? Masturbation. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And how many times are we talking a day for you to be truly oh, satisfied? It's just a ruthless, just, just disgusting like amount of Like a marathon. <laughs> nah, like, like a hard slog or... Just endless, bro. I'm masturbating right now. <laughs> I thought I was wondering where. I don't need to touch myself. To exactly. I just self masturbate. He's got it between the thighs, just yeah. fucking grinding I on. I just him. came. Gee, okay. Was <laughs> lucky we got that on film. That's worth something. <laughs> now listen. The only thing that gets me up in the morning is coffee, bro. I'm a hey. mad coffee addiction, right? Hey, are you instant or real? If I, if I, bro, don't fucking don't don't be funny. Are you French pressing? Don't be funny. I'll punch. I will attack you if you, you can come, come at me with that instant shit. <laughs> now, listen, I used to I used to drink instant, but I'm a pompous wanker now. Yeah, yeah. I live in Melbourne. A true Melbourneian. Yeah, there it is. Nah, but like I can't stomach that that fucking fake shit, bro. The freezer coffee, man. No go for Makona. But I'm not like I don't need a coffee machine. A fuck, I'm like a chata, whatever the fuck. I just need like I just got a what do you call it? A press thing. French press. Fresh prince. <laughs> French French bread bench press, whatever the fuck you call it. You're on the French French prince with a fresh press. And if I if I were if I you know I don't, but if I were to steal, I'd steal a lot of coffee. Yeah. It's expensive. Oh yeah, it's coffee's gold. Holy yeah. shit, man. So That's real like, currency. If I were to steal, which I don't, I'd definitely steal coffee majority of my stuff is just What's your go to brand? Any flavors? The highest quality, I get like four kilos of the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I I pay for it at the counter because I'm a law-abiding citizen. And you look them right in the eye <laughs> and say, thank you. <laughs> Here's my salary stick. <laughs> but no, seriously, if, if, I, if I wake up and there's no coffee, I just want to kill myself. Yeah. I just go back to bed, to be honest. I don't wake up that day. I, I think stay in bed. Totally. I think that's pretty relatable for a lot of people, you know. It's a... Uh, it's no, the, nothing uh, is worse than waking up and you've got no eggs yeah, and no oh, coffee. Dude. You're just like, what is, why, why would I even get out of bed? How do you do your eggs? Uh, scramble. Okay. It's the easiest, the easiest. Are you putting anything with it? You doing avocado or beans or any other thing or bacon? Or? Oh, sometimes if I'm feeling fancy, bro, I'll put some bacon with it. Yeah. But just scramble a little salt. I just fucking crack 10 raw ones in a glass and drink it. 10? Nah. I used to, it's I almost did, a waste of eggs. I did used to eat, when I was hard on the working out tip, I used to eat eight eggs a day. That's but, huge. But then I read it was really bad for you. In one sitting, in one glass, or? Yeah, for breakfast. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, that's a cholesterol problem, eh? No, that's bad for you. All right, well, um, what's coming up in the, in the future? What are some future plans? What are your, what are your movements? Masturbating, bro. Like, okay. honestly, just the whole... All right. <laughs> no, yeah. um, no, all right, all right. We'll be serious. Um, <laughs> Ever since he found out this wasn't recording, he's been on that masturbation tip, and now that's listen. a that's a that's a pretty. Wait, we're recording. <laughs> um, now listen, um, I'm going overseas for a bit because I need a break from. I've I've worked hard the last few months, man. Totally. Not like a real job, but like 
this music shit. Yeah, with your art, man. Yeah, with my art. And um, I just need a break, bro. So I'm going to try and do three, four months, maybe longer overseas. Honestly, as soon as I get over there, I know I don't want to come back. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you going to bring your music and stuff over there in any way? Or you kind of just want to like bench it for a bit? If I can get like a cool camera, okay, I might try and shoot a music video over there. Nice. I might shoot one video for a song from the album. Congruence, which is out now in all digital outlets. Which is a dope album. Which is a link. With, with tons of um, great collabs. What was, uh, what was some of your favorite moments with collabing on the album? Oh, Mr. Ruckman was sick, bro. Yeah, he's a, he's a good find. He's fucking dope. You feature uh, him a lot on yeah, your nah, tracks. Ruckman hey? was killer, bro. Yeah. Uh, what were the others? Nah, I'm like <laughs> Tanya George. There's so many good, yeah. There's really some dope fucking artists on there. Yeah. Tanya George, my brother Hyena Mafasa, my G, Shine and Armor, Copies Merch, shoutouts, and uh, my younger bro Ike. Hey, Cyrus Beats produced some tracks. He's an animal. Um, anyone I'm forgetting, I love you. Pence? J Sixl, Six Pence, uh, yeah, and Embody Narada. Hey, all the people, all the people involved. Do you uh, normally I love have them? Do you have? Do you normally have so many collabs on on projects and stuff? For you? Well, that album doesn't really have that many collabs to be honest. But um, right. the biggest collab is one more day. It's got J Sixl and hey. Kari, which are both like old cats that I've collabed with, like back in the back in the day, man, like long time collaborators. And they're just the most talented artists in the world, bro. Mm. And I just got them on my album. JSXL is like fucking iconic. Most cunts know him in, in uh, Melbourne. You know him, right? You better know him. Uh, is this recording? Shout out JSXL. <laughs> hey. And Kari, who used to go by Christian Amara. We played in a band together back in the day in Sydney. Just the voice of an angel. Mm. I've always joked that I thought he was Jesus Christ. And I think he is. It's probably as close as you've gotten. I swear I saw him levitate once. Yeah. <laughs> Hard On to know stage, who was high in that moment. It was like so angelic that I swear he just levitated like Chris Angel. Oh, shit. No just one even questioned it. They're just like, well, yeah, he's Jesus. That's really something to have a holy, uh, holy feature like that. It's a very uh, holy song. I'm mm. not really religious, but I, I'm re I listen to that song and I want to praise the Lord. Yeah, you want to look up and really levitate, just fucking get up there. It's very inspired by gospel and shit, you know? Mm. Cool. Um, you know, this podcast is called Grounded. What does it mean for you to be grounded? Is this something that is really ever comes across your mind or that you incorporate in any way into your life? Or? I think everyone at some point in their life gets humbled. Hey. And they get grounded. Yeah. Um, okay, interesting. We haven't had this take before, so the the ground grounding via the means of humbling run yeah, us through. It. Yeah, and I'll go into the other meaning as well. I think. Yeah. But like, yeah, I feel like everyone goes through a stage in their life in this rap career where they uh, they have an ego, and their ego damages them, mm. and they get humbled very quickly. I'm not going to say who, but someone in the battle scene got humbled very quickly recently. And they needed that to happen to grow, and I think they will grow. And I know they're a good person, mm. but they needed to get humbled because um, their ego was getting too big, and people did not like it. And when your ego gets too big, people will pop your bubble, all right? It's good mm. to have a healthy ego, but you also got to be 
grounded and realistic and respectful. I think respectful is the most important thing. If you're respectful with an ego, you'll do fine. Right. But if you've got an ego, even if you're really good and you're disrespectful, you won't last in this shit. The universe is ready to dump you. So respect to everyone, bro, in this, in this rap game. And um, I think everyone gets grounded at some point. Hey. I was definitely that person who had an ego and was a bit too disrespectful. And I got humbled. And you will too. And grounded, like, uh, sh shout outs to Greeley because he's all about getting being grounded, like literally putting your feet on the ground. And yeah. Putting your feet to the earth and being grounded like a fucking tree root. Yeah. Listen, I don't know much about that world, but I have read The Power Now, Eckhart mm. Tolle, and I fuck with it. And one day, maybe I will be able to meditate like a Tibetan monk. Right. But, you know, the, the idea of being grounded is accessible to anybody. And I think that, for me, that's the most important thing, you know. And everyone does it in different ways. But, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate having, um, you know, you coming on, you humbling me. Um, and us growing and moving forward You're together. You're a humble guy, bro. You don't uh, need humbling. That's true. That's fair. He did it anyway, so that's good. All right. We'll, we'll take peace, beings of the multiverse. Stay grounded. This has been Dilly, Dilly Dave. Please. And yeah, two big fucking big thumbs love. up. I love you. Mwah.